5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. here for the Patrick Johnson show you're here for the Patrick Johnson show I'm here for the Patrick Johnson show welcome in everybody it's great to have you with us on this uh, chilly uh, but uh, slightly warming to more normal temperatures uh, Tuesday it started off extremely frigid this morning hey great to have you with us uh, here I am uh, making a pit stop in route to Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum for pirate basketball tonight it's a 90 minute edition of the show going to be bringing you uh, some comments from Joe Dooley from a little earlier. Had a chance to catch up with Coach. Of course, it's ECU and ODU tonight renewing hostilities. That game will be played at 7 o'clock. I'll be on the call for ESPN Plus alongside the great Cy Seymour. So uh, certainly want you to get out to Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum for this game tonight. I think it'll be a real slobber knocker potentially. A knockdown, dragout affair. ECU and ODU played just 11 days ago, and the Pirates uh, knocked off the Monarchs in the Myrtle Beach Invitational for ECU's lone win in that event, 73-60. to And ODU was coming off a game in which they had uh, played extremely poorly against Indiana State. So uh, they came out with some uh, a little bit of hitch in their giddy-up and uh, with some energy and some effort. This is not a great offensive o- ODU team, at least early on they've not been. But uh, they are a group that uh, is scrappy, and they will not back down from you. So I think the Pirates are going to have to be ready for a really physical affair tonight. So we're going until 6.30. The uh, ref, Philip Pilkington, producing the show here today. Philip will kind of guide you through the back end of the show. Uh, not only do we have Coach Dooley coming up, but uh, we're also going to uh, catch up with uh, – Our pal T.J. Long, talk a little pirate hoop with uh, T.J. So here is what we kind of know going in. Again, we're going to 6.30 to pick up network coverage here on 94.3 The Game, so an extended hour-and-a-half edition. And uh, the game also will be heard on 107.9 WNCT, the 100,000-watt flagship flame-throwing giant of pirate athletics, the flagship. uh, Also, you'll hear the uh, game there. So ways to consume uh, in person. Look, there's tickets available. We might have a pair we'll uh, give you here. You can coordinate it with the ref, and uh, he'll get you uh, a couple ducats to get you in tonight, courtesy of uh, your friend here, the P-Man in 94.3 The Game. But uh, head out. Need to have uh, some energy in the building. Need to be loud. This is going to be a tough one tonight. Also, uh, you can watch it on ESPN Plus if you're unable to make it. If you're in the car tonight, you know, doing things, running the kids around, uh, out getting dinner, doing errands, whatever. 
Uh, you will uh, be able to hear the game on 94.3, the game and 107.9 WNCT. If you're somebody maybe uh, leaving for work now and you commute out of town and uh, I don't know, maybe you're uh, headed out of the area to do some work. I don't know. I don't know. All right, but you can always pick it up on 107.9 anywhere in the east is my uh, point. All right, so East Carolina, four, uh, five and two coming in. They're looking for the most wins they've gotten in November, and uh, that would be the first time in seven years, uh, eight seasons actually, I believe, and that was uh, the year the Pirates won 17 games. The other uh, nugget from this game tonight, uh, among many, is that ECU and ODU are playing, uh, and, and the Monarchs have dominated the series. They're old rivals from the Colonial Athletic Association back in the day. And uh, the Pirates, when they beat ODU on uh, that day in the uh, Myrtle Beach event, the Saturday, or excuse me, the, th- the Friday night game in the ODU uh, or the Myrtle Beach event, that snapped a six-game losing streak to Old Dominion that the Pirates were uh, riding. So uh, there is a really good uh, opportunity for the Pirates here uh, to uh, get two in a row over Old Dominion. It's just kind of the way it fell with uh, the way that uh, event was bracketed and of course, they already had a regular season meeting uh, scheduled uh, here. So we'll see how uh, it all plays out tonight. ODU's got a, a few transfer guys in. They are veteran team. They've been without their head coach for much of the year. Uh, he is Jeff Jones, and Jeff Jones has uh, been under the weather. It's not a COVID issue. It's more of a kind of a pneumonia issue, as it's been described to me. And uh, he is back on the sideline, was back for their game Friday. They won at the buzzer also, as the Pirates did Saturday. So uh, that was uh, the return for Jeff Jones, and uh, we'll see how this goes tonight. I talked with their coach, Bryant Stith, who's kind of uh, the acting head coach, one of Jeff Jones' top assistants, uh, about the uh, the matchup. Of course, uh, as we know, Bryant, one of his sons, attended ECU for a season before transferring to ODU, and then uh, his daughters are part of my guy Kurt Kraft's uh, track and field team here at ECU. So... Uh, Bryant Stiff, a name known to many basketball fans in this region and also known uh, to Pirate Nation as the, uh, the the guy who's the dad of a few ECU uh, former and current student-athletes. So uh, Bryant Stiff has uh, been very, very involved. Good conversation with him uh, yesterday as he uh, kind of filled in the blanks on what have been some struggles, uh, including slow starts for this old Dominion team. Pirates have had good, solid first halves each of the last two games. Uh, the problem has been a bit of a malaise in the second half. Saw it against Davidson. I still contend a lot of that had to do with the way Davidson got the ball out of Tristan Newton's hands and made him uncomfortable. And then uh, Pirates just kind of got out hustled. Didn't have a ton of energy on. Uh, didn't have a ton of energy on uh, Saturday. And uh, Coppin State played probably their best game of the year. And uh, look, could have very easily won the game on the road. It'd been a second time Coppin State would have won in that building in uh, consecutive trips, but uh, the Pirates and Tristan Newton with a great play at the end of regulation uh, with the uh, shot. Virginia Tech has their man. For anybody that was uh, sitting here kind of worried about how things were uh, playing out with, uh, you know, possible Mike Houston, I don't want to say rumors, but uh, that's what kind of they were, Mike Houston rumors, that he would uh, head to – he would be heading to uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, do not feel like that uh, you have to worry about that uh, any longer. One, because Coach Houston put that to rest last night. But uh, the other part of that is 
Brent Pry, P-R-Y, Brent Pry, defensive coordinator at Penn State, has been named, uh, according to sources, Virginia Tech's head coach. So uh, there you go. Don't have to worry about it. Uh, so that's uh, that's the deal uh, there with uh, Pirate uh, Sports and uh, Pirate Basketball uh, or Pirate Football and, uh, and Mike Houston. Uh, officially, Virginia Tech's got their guy. That'll make that, I would think, a little more palatable for Pirate Nation should uh, Virginia Tech and uh, ECU match up in the Military Bowl on December 27th. By the way, you didn't need this pr- hiring a pry to put this thing to rest. It was put to rest by Coach Houston last night, as heard right here on 94.3, the game, the flagship of the Pirates, during the Mike Houston radio show. The one thing that uh, I've stressed to John Gilbert, and you know, he and I talk daily, uh, is just that you know I'm very happy here, and you know Amanda's very happy here. Our kids are very happy here, and you know. I'm honored to be the football coach here. And so, uh, you know, we've been working for about, uh, you know, three weeks or so on a contract extension. And, uh, you know, I think those things are going going along pretty positively and, you know, just trying to make it uh, put it, put all that to bed this week. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's our goals. Programming note for you on Thursday here on the Patrick Johnson Show, Mike Houston will be joining us for the uh, Houston Huddle. That will also be available uh, late morning Thursday in podcast form, 943thegame.com. Coming up on uh, tomorrow's Patrick Johnson Show, we're going to talk to Brian Mull, talk a little college hoop uh, with our pal Brian Mull, who covers college basketball for various outlets. Also uh, follows the PGA Tour, Caddy Network, and others. And we'll talk a little bit about Tiger Woods. Tiger uh, basically saying, uh, and this was released in an interview that uh, aired, press conference as well that uh, hey I'm I have come to terms with the fact that uh, I am done playing uh, full-time golf in my lifetime Tiger Woods on that I think something that is realistic is playing the tour one day never full-time ever again um, yeah. pick and choose is an unfortunate reality but it's my reality so we'll talk to uh, Maul about what that means for golf tomorrow uh, when he joins us uh, during the five o'clock hour here of the Patrick Johnson show we'll also have a uh, recap of uh, ECU basketball from tonight. One final little cut I want to get to here. And by the way, we'll have the Pirate Report later in the show. The ref, Philip Pilkington, will have that for you today uh, as we get ready to have Joe Dooley coming up here in just a moment. But uh, I, I, Matt Rule must have struck his head or something. This is what he had to say. Of course, the big news is Christian McCaffrey out, but this is what Matt Rule had to say yesterday about the play of Cam Newton and Cam Newton's future in Carolina. I would absolutely anticipate starting Cam Newton. I would not say, though, that that would mean that we wouldn't play P.J. as well. Has he lost it? Oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's kind of – and look, Matt Rule's kind of – getting bandied about as a dark horse candidate for this situation at Notre Dame and other play. I mean, Matt Rule's name's starting to come back up. And, look, he might be a better college coach than a pro. That was the case for a lot of guys that were great, you know, college championship college coaches, Spurrier, Saban. It just doesn't work out for everybody. Uh, So, you know, look, Matt Rule's getting paid a ton of money. 
So he would have to probably get paid a ton of money to leave uh, that. But he also might just want to get out of Carolina. Would you, could you imagine working for David Tepper? Ugh. No thanks. All right. Uh, Pirate Hoops coming up tonight. 90-minute edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We're going until 6.30. I'll be starting it out here. And about the time I need to depart is when the ref, Philip Pilkington, will step in. So you stay with us uh, here. PJ show is uh, coming up. Joe Dooley on the other side as we preview tonight's matchup between the Pirates and Old Dominion Monarchs here on the PJ show. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. I'm with my health insurance agent, Bill Jenkins. Bill is an employee benefit specialist and life insurance agent from Town Insurance. Bill, give us an update on Town Insurance here in North Carolina. Town Insurance is a top insurance and employee benefits agency in North Carolina and ranks in the top 50s nationwide. We have primary offices in Greenville, Kinston, Wilmington, Raleigh, and now Charlotte. And, Bill, what are areas Town Insurance specializes in? With our experienced account management team, we specialize in employee benefits, including group medical, dental, life, vision, disability, and voluntary options for employees. We compare these options with several of the best carriers in the market and assist businesses on benefit administration as well as employee education and enrollments. And how can a business best contact you to review their employee benefits program? Give us a call, 252-756-8300. Call today as the best time is now to come to town. Starting OMG, hey, it's been forever. I'm so ready to see North Carolina and turn right in 52 miles onto the Blue Ridge Parkway for epic views. Then continue ahead on Highway 12 and hit the beach. And take exit 33 for a city excursion with museums, games, concerts. Sorry, I'm just so excited. Everyone could use some adventure. Get back to a better place at visitnc.com. Sponsored by the NC Association of Broadcasters and Visit NC. A part of the Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina in cooperation with this station. This year, U.S. Cellular is making a big deal out of the holidays. You can choose any phone from any brand free. That's right, any phone you see in our store is free. And get unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. 
your home of the ECU Pirates, Dan Patrick and Adam Gold, 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. And now, back to the P-Man. Back, back, back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. It's going to be a party out of town about half a mile. Four-wheel drive and big mud tires. Must get down ECU and Old Dominion coming up a little bit later on uh, this evening. You'll hear it here on 94.3 The Game, also 107.9 WNCT. Pirate coach Joe Dooley taking a few minutes with us here ahead of the uh, ODU game. Coach, we always appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for a few minutes with us here on the game day. No problem, Doctor. All right, Old Dominion coming in. You guys played him just 10 days ago. Uh, you'll obviously do that in the conference season. This uh, kind of unique deal, you got paired with them in the Myrtle Beach event, knew it was a possibility, and, and you played them. So how much of that film do you go back to to, to obviously get ready for uh, this uh, game tonight? Well, you know, I played two other games since us. We watched our game. Obviously, there's some things that we did we need to do better. There's some things that we did poorly that we can correct. Uh, you know, obviously, then they played Penn, and then they played uh, Longwood on Friday. So uh, th- there's a couple additional things that they've added offensively. They've got Coach Jones back, so I think that'll – you know, they'll have a little bit more of a calming voice or a more familiar voice on the sideline. Uh, and there were some things that, um, you know, you have to look, and even though we won the game, there's some things that we can change defensively to, to help our guys. You're familiar, obviously, with the roster, just having uh, played them. Uh, you got Charles Smith, the fourth time at SMU. C.J. Kaiser uh, out of Baltimore and Wichita State. So there, there's a couple of familiar faces on and names on these uh, on this ODU roster to, to basketball fans have seen him come through the American. Yeah, C.J. Kaiser is a good player. He's obviously the leading scorer, and Jalen Hunter is a, is a very capable point guard, as we've talked about, and Kalu is, is, a, is a force down there. He and Trace are really athletic, very strong, good low-post guys, excellent on the offensive glass. He's got 19 offensive rebounds on the season. Uh, it's really, really hard to match up with. Joe, you guys the other night uh, end up rebound out-rebounding uh, – Coppin State, a lot of that, the efforts of Brandon Johnson, but you talked about in the postgame, uh, just rebounding the basketball and closing out the defensive possessions. There's some things I know you want to shore up and staying in front of the ball, but just closing out those possessions with the rebound is really, really huge. Yeah, I mean, we're giving up too many offensive rebounds. We're giving up 11 offensive rebounds a game. That's, uh, that's something we need to get cleaned up. Um, you know, we've been blocking out. I think mean, we, we spend more time on blockouts. Um, get that where we can – our first-shot defense is good. It's our second-shot defense, and that, that shouldn't be a problem, but it is a problem, and we've got to get that resolved quickly. Brandon Suggs bounced back really nicely uh, for you after a tough game against Davidson, has a career high. Uh, you were telling me before he we went on, it was just a case of, you know, Brandon was running the lanes uh, really well, and that, that leads to some offense. He's a guy that can finish for the Pirates. Yeah, I mean, I think getting out in transition, Tristan found him a couple times, Tremont found him where it's, you, know, you run your lane, uh, I thought in the half court he did a nice job of back cutting and, and finding open seams, and uh, that's something he's done a really good job at all year. Tristan hits the game winner for you, finishes uh, with 16, but you know he has five assists to lead the Pirates the other day. Uh, he rebounded uh, fairly well and has been fairly consistent uh, statistically rebounding this year. He has really stepped things up for you guys and has made a really really uh, nice kind of kind of filled a scoring void, and, and I know that was something you wanted him to to do coming into the year. Well, I think he has, and we've had other guys, you know, we've had different leading scores. Obviously, Brandon the other day against Coppin, but Brandon Johnson has been, you know, been up there. I also talked about his rebounding. I think, 
uh, as we get continue to go, I think we'll get a little bit more balanced. I think some of those young guys are starting to come along where we can trust them to put them in the game. And, uh, you know, someone like RJ and hopefully Javon and Marlon here in the future will be able to go out. You can rely on them to come out and maybe give you a little additional energy and some additional uh, pop off the bench. Yeah, R.J. Felton in 22 minutes got double digits, the most in a, a pirate uniform in his young career. He brought some great energy. It's it's amazing. I mean, he, he looks so much older physically than, than he is, but he can also rebound that guard position uh, tremendously. Uh, what what a, what a player and what energy and effort he brings. And I, I think, you know, he was as excited as anybody uh, with, with Tristan hitting the game-winning shot the other day. Yeah, I mean, he, he does have a lot. I mean, he knows one speed and it's full speed. And that's, those are the type of guys that see. That's, that's fine. I, I would teach it to learn, you know, try to help a guy dial it down a little bit, then have to dial guys up. And you're never, not going to have to worry about dialing him up. He's, he, he brings, he's got great energy, he's got no fear, and uh, he just continue to learn and, and figure some things out, which he will. Brandon Johnson uh, with the 19 rebounds, and, and we've talked about just his uh, bounce and the effort and energy that he brings. And uh, in, in some of these games where you've had to go and, and you know, really guard three-point shooters, uh, they'll take somebody and, and try to lure uh, a big guy away. I mean, he is somebody that can get out and, and guard the perimeter and, and guard on the switch, can he? Well, it was hard the other day because they played essentially five guards. We had, you know, we're down a couple guys with J.J. being out and obviously Winston being out. So when we played small, Brandon had to go rebound a lot of balls. We were able to switch five, which we thought helped us out got to chip down and rebound from those other positions but those things were problems when we looked at the number of missed blockouts uh it was disappointing but uh you know we'll we'll continue to to emphasize that and you know they'll they'll either figure it out or they'll do more planks and more push-ups uh patrick johnson show here on a uh tuesday when it's pirate basketball it's game day for uh, ecu old dominion tonight at seven and again the airtime uh here on radio at uh, six thirty. Alonzo Frank, the uh, South Carolina transfer coach, is uh, someone that uh, seems to be, when he is out there, does a lot of positive things, especially for you offensively. He had a really good move uh, to get his lone bucket. It's just kind of a conditioning thing with him as he's uh, getting back after a little bit of a, an injury in the preseason at this point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, his, his offensive plays in the block is very good. Really good feel. Um, you know, we just got to get him where he can sustain longer periods of time on the floor and and without his effort dipping or, you know, transition or being able to guard balls, those are all things we've got to get, uh, continue to work on. It's also, you know, we can't do extra stuff because of, uh, we don't want to get him hurt again. And so it's a, it's a little bit of a fine line to get him where we need to get him and also keep him on the floor healthy. So, um, you know, we trust with the training staff and with the, with the, uh, strength and conditioning staff will work out. You can see, you know, spurts and I think he's gonna, uh, he's a guy that we really need to help us. Coach, as far as uh, offensively, this is a much different team than it uh, has been in your uh, previous years in this second stint. Uh, offensively right now, and I'm sure there's things you want to do better, take care of the basketball, and, and, and uh, shot selection's a big thing, but as far as guys being more confident and aggressive shooting the basketball, are they within the flow of things about where you want them to be right now? Well, I, I do think, you know, when you look at the numbers offensively, you you know, shooting percentage are right at 47, you know, 46%, which I think is a good number. I'd like to get that a little bit higher and right at 37 for, from three. I, I do think the, you know, we've got, you know, about 28 more assists than, than turnovers. I think we've, we've been very spurty in that. I mean, we've had a couple of games where we don't turn it over at all. Uh, and for the most part, we've been pretty, you know, pretty good with the ball. We got to make sure that we, 
you get a shot every time down. Twelve a game is a is an okay number, but to probably get that down closer to ten. Um, but I, I do think, like you talked about, shots selection something to continue to prove on, improve on and not settle. Uh, let's get a great shot, not a good shot, and uh, trust your teammates. All right, Joe Dooley with us here. Uh, Coach, before we let you go, and again, we appreciate the time here on game day. What are you looking at as far as uh, points of emphasis, sort of keys of the game for the Pirates against ODU? Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, historically for these guys, it's been a low possession, low scoring game. So we've got to make sure we value possessions, make sure that we can take opportunistic times to get out and transition. Uh, we obviously don't want those big guys inside more on us. Coach, appreciate the time. Best of luck against ODU. Thank you. Appreciate Joe Dooley's time a little earlier uh, today. Of course, uh, more from Coach Dooley. You'll hear that uh, during the uh, network pregame, which begins at 630. We're driving you to that point. We'll get a break in here in just a second, uh, and uh, we'll also hear from uh, Philip Pilkington in just moments uh, with a 94-3 The Game Sports uh, update for you. Lots going on this time of year, as you can imagine. Uh, Philip will also have a little bit later on in the show our Pirate Report and a rundown of all the college basketball action that is uh, going on on this uh, Tuesday night. Lots of games out there on this final day of November. Always a busy time with the start of the college basketball season before the uh, semester break. So uh, we'll uh, be getting to all that in just a moment. On the other side of the timeout, T.J. Long will join me. We'll talk some Pirate basketball there. Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington standing by with a sports flash update for you here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 the game sports update. Some more big moves going on today in Major League Baseball. The Cubs have signed catcher Jan Gomes to a two-year $13 million deal. The Pirates have traded gold glover Jacob Stallings to Miami for pitcher Zach Thompson and two prospects. The Tigers have signed Javi Baez to a big deal. Six years, $140 million. The Braves have extended their manager, Snicker, through 2024. They have also signed a reliever, Kirby Yates, to a two-year, $8.25 million deal. On to the NHL, bad news for the Boston Bruins. Head coach Bruce Cassidy will not coach tonight against the Detroit Red Wings in an original six matchup as he is in COVID protocol. Also, forward and former second liner been dropped out of that role. Jake DeBrusque has been asked for or has asked for a trade. To the Carolina Panthers, Dante Jackson has been placed on IR with an ankle injury. Uh, Joey Sly will be out for at least three weeks for the Washington football team. That is a former Panther. And on to college football, Mark Stoops has been extended at Kentucky through 2027. Virginia Tech hired a head coach, so there goes your chance of Mike Houston leaving for the Hokies at least. They signed Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry. Brian Kelly's deal with LSU was officially announced, and it was it is 10 years worth $93 million. In NASCAR, Front Row Motorsports has announced their two drivers for next season. They will bring back 2021 Daytona 500 winner Michael McDowell, and instead of bringing back Anthony Alfredo, they will bring back or they will promote truck driver Todd Gilland. Todd Gilland was a playoff driver in the truck series this past year after getting a win at Circuit of the Americas. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. After this timeout, TJ Long joins the P-Man. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 94.3thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! <laughs> or tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time.
Attention business owners and management, Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and Newbern is here for you. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs. Whether you're a contractor, a manufacturing company, or if you just need janitorial or clerical work for your business. Roebuck Staffing also does temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Roebuck Staffing is your trusted partner for all of your staffing needs and employment opportunities. Call Roebuck Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at roebuckstaffing.com. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is the home of the best margaritas. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Tuesday for the Gulp of Mexico, a huge 46-ounce lime margarita for only $6.99. On Thursdays, relax and enjoy half-priced pitchers of Chico's house margaritas. Choose from lime, strawberry, blood orange, raspberry, or peach. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half-gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. Possibilities are all around us. Everywhere we look, we see opportunity in unexpected places. And when we share our knowledge, vision, and connections, we turn great ideas into action in communities all around the world that we call home. Like transforming an old bus to feed hungry children or providing life-saving equipment to those who need it most. From fighting disease to rebuilding schools, together we can make real change happen. We're Rotary. We are people of action. Get involved today at rotary.org action. Pirate basketball lives right here. Right here. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Hey, a reminder that Rose Football will be playing for the opportunity to play in the 3A championship. By the way, the 3A champ goes to Chapel Hill on uh, a week from Friday night at 7 o'clock. And the game will be played at Keenan Stadium. 7.30 in Greenville, Rose, and Jacksonville. And it's brought to you by the law firm of Hardy, Massey, and Blodgett, Sam Pollard and Son Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing, Stadium Sports, Caraway Office Solutions, Bowman Pageant and Associates Dentist, and First Bank. Now we welcome to the Patrick Johnson Show a man who uh, I spent doing a Rose football game with the night before my wedding, the great T.J. Long is with us here on the Patrick Johnson show. TJ. Yes, sir. <laughs> that TJ thought I was going to incriminate him with our wild bachelor party of calling football, but I'm not TJ. Yeah, I, I, I was waiting. I was waiting for the bachelor party story at new Hanover high school doing the football game. <laughs> technically we were at <laughs> Legion stadium. Technically. Legion I, stadium, that's right. Technically, I, that's I think right. you went to new Hanover high school. You and uh, Wes is more. Uh, went to uh, New Hanover High School on the trip down. Boy, those my wife and I were just talking about that the other day. About uh, she spent the night before our wedding with my family dining out and uh, in a hotel there in Washington, and I uh, spent it calling a, a football game with uh, you, and then uh, going to the beach and spending the night after. So, right, good times. Boy, weren't they? Those were the salad days. All right. Uh, 
the great TJ Long with us here. Uh, so TJ, uh, I, you know, I know you've been uh, busy with life, busy traveling, uh, but excited for Pirate basketball tonight and uh, Old Dominion, a little old school rivalry tonight. Yeah, it's great to get back into the the old CAA uh, rivalry days, and I think these are games that need to be won. These are important games for East Carolina to uh, separate ourselves from you know, the old conference mates and, and where we are and, and to help get us where we want to go. These are games that we need to win. You know, um, when you were on the ECU basketball team, uh, ODU was a, a league member. Uh, what were the na- was that, uh, was that around the time of the Petey Sessoms, Odell Hodge time, or is that a little, uh, before or after your time? No, that was that was it. They were the oh, they were that was right they, the smack dab in the middle of it. <laughs> they were they were right. Yeah, Petey Petey Sessoms averaged about twenty a game, and and they had a guy from Washington D.C. Keith Jackson that averaged about twenty one a game. Odell Hodge was freshman of the year uh, that year, so yeah, that was the ninety ninety two ninety three season, and they were you know they were a top team, and I I think they went through and. Um, you know, in, they were denied the NCAA tournament by us, of course, but they were a NIT team and a top you know, 30 team uh, back in those days. Yeah. Uh, Sessoms, I know, played overseas a little bit in his uh, career. He was the player of the year, would go on to be the player of the year and the uh, CAA tournament MVP. But, I mean, yeah, that guy could play. 6'8", guy that could play the wing from right there in Portsmouth. Uh, he was He was the real deal. Uh, he was, yeah, o- ODU has a long, ODU has a long, long history. Um, I used to remember watching them as a little kid, you know, before cable was, was such a thing you could get, uh, living in Elizabeth city, I could get them on like one of those, those access channels and would watch ODU basketball with coach Tom Young back in the day. And he had won a ridiculous amount of games there at old dominion. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with that program. Martinsville is where I believe Odell Hodge was from, and at the time he graduated high school, he was the uh, all-time scorer in Virginia. He's either second or third now, uh, but Hodge was a load, and uh, he's another guy that ended up playing overseas and uh, I think made a pretty good little uh, living. I think they've retired his jersey. He ended up being the two-time conference player of the year. They had some, they had some real deal uh, basketball going on at uh, ODU. Back in the day, yeah, yeah, they did. Believe it or not, I was actually I was lightly recruited by them, being somewhat in the area, and I would oh, get, okay, yeah, yeah, I would get, I would get mail, and I would get contacts, and I would get newspaper clippings, and I would get all those types of things from from Old Dominion. So that was kind of fun to uh, kind of think about that as as we're starting to look for uh, to play them tonight. Yeah, they were. Uh, they've twice, no, three times been a single digit seed in the NCAA tournament, uh, which I mean. Tells you right there, you know, kind of everything you need to know. I, I, you know, I'm anxious to see kind of how they do when they get, I talked to Bryant Stith yesterday. Uh, Jeff Jones has been under the weather and is kind of, I mean, he's back with the team, but Bryant Stith's kind of handling the day-to-day uh, duties and uh, really active in-game. And, and I was talking to Stith about some guys he played, speaking of old school, ho- school hoops, TJ. And, yeah, that guy uh, could play for sure. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Stith was like, you know, I'd go to Duke and I'd have to deal with Grant Hill. And I'd go to Maryland. It was, uh, you know, the wizard. Uh, so, I mean, he, you know, that was kind of some uh, old school uh, ACC talk with him a little bit. And, of course, he's got kids that uh, have gone and are going to ECU right now. So, he's very familiar with the university. 
But Stiff, you, uh, I don't know if you've ever met him, TJ. I know he was a high school coach for a little bit before he went to ODU. Nice guy. We had a great conversation last night. Just a nice, nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know he was, he was a, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, he was like valedictorian of his, of his high school class and, you know, was an all world basketball player out of high school and then went to Virginia and was all ACC guy. So obviously a, a smart guy and, and knows what he's doing. And, and I've heard, I've heard good things about him in the coaching world. I, I never met him personally that I, that I remember and I would remember that. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've heard good things about him. You know, so Stiff told me that, you know, he'd go face these guys and they, they were tough covers and all this. And Rodney Rogers, I mean, I know that's a favorite of yours as well. I yep. mean, he talked all about the, he said, but Hey, you know, I got 2,500 points in my college career. So I lit them up too. I, I said, yeah, you did obviously. So <laughs> yeah. And you remember that <laughs> yeah. you certainly remember that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I bet. I, I bet. Unlike unlike me, I bet he can't remember all twenty five hundred of his points because I can remember all of mine. <laughs> you cherished them, didn't you, TJ? That was... <laughs> I relished. I relished in all eight points of my career. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, TJ Long, our buddy's with us here. Uh, TJ is going to be chiming in on Pirate Hoops from time to time throughout the season, so it's great to have him uh, involved here. All right. Uh, what uh, about ECU have you liked so far? I really like the play of Tristan Newton. I think that's, uh, you know, obvious he's up to, you know, 20 points a game. But not just 20 points a game. There's been some ti- obviously some timely points that he's getting when you talk, look back to Coppin State. You go back to a couple of early games in the year where we ran the clock down and got him, and he got to the free throw line, shooting a high percentage there, over 80% there, and shooting 52% from the floor. So he's getting a lot of shots, and he's he's making the shots, 38% from the three-point line. So I really like that from Tristan, and I like that he's becoming uh, the, go-to, the go-to guy and a guy that we can run our offense through. And he's a guard, so he has the ball in his hands a lot, which sometimes that makes a little bit of the coaching decisions and the things that you run your offense, that makes it a little bit easier when, when you're running plays and the, and the guy who is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, he got some help. Brandon Suggs with a career-high 25 against Coppin. He's going to need uh, that second and I even think third uh, score to kind of support him if the Pirates are going to continue to have success. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, Brandon Suggs, by the way, I've been watching him and kind of focused on him. He's, a, he's some, you know, some strong glue, I think, that holds us together. He does a lot of things that probably go unnoticed. He gets you know, two steals a game. He, he gets a block or two a game. And even more than steal, his hands are in the passing lane. He makes it difficult for people to, to run things out there on the perimeter. He's, you know, he's a, a long um, range. He got 6'6", six, six, and he, he put a lot of pressure out there. And sometimes even he doesn't get the steal, but he gets his hands on balls on the defensive end that, that he's disruptive. And I really like a lot of things that, that Brandon does um, to really help our team win. And the other thing you mentioned about a, a, a you know a second and a third score, I'm really looking for you know JJ Miles to to bounce back. I think JJ is averaging seven points a game, and for us to take that next step, we probably need his production to be you know a little closer to to ten to twelve. And I think it's there for him. Um, I think you know they just got to kind of work together and learn how to fit things in with with Newton's emergence. But I really like JJ out there. He's he's another guy, great body, six seven, can really be out there. 
and knock down shots on the perimeter. So I'm looking for him to, to be a little bit more uh, you know, aggressive in, in taking some shots and, and knocking some things down. I'm uh, anxious to see how much we'll see him tonight. Uh, I do know he had nine points uh, when these teams met uh, 11 days ago. How much does that factor into th- – I mean, you're kind of used in your coaching career to obviously you play a conference team twice – but in that uh, non-conference thing at the high school level, some you know some high schools say, "All right, we're going to play home and home in the non-conference." Some have kind of gone away from that in recent years, and they're doing more of a home and home one year at one place, one year at the other, uh, just to play a more v- larger variety of opponent, and you know not necessarily have the the deal where you're having uh, you get I guess more looks. It's not just the same you know opponent twice in like a ten day span. Uh, that's the case tonight. Yeah. How much does that kind of change, you know, some things or have maybe an influence at all? Yeah, you know, the, sometimes those things do matter. You can learn from it. For ECU, you, you hope we learn from the win. A lot of times a, a mistake or a, a loss will cause you to really, um, you know, emphasize some things and, and drive the point home a little bit, um, you know, in a little bit more detail. But hopefully, you know, the Pirates can come out and play. ODU hasn't played great. They haven't shot the ball well for the year. They're, they're shooting the ball around 40% from the floor. They're only shooting 63% from the free throw line and only 28% from the, uh, from the three-point line. So we need to hold those numbers. If, if we keep those numbers where they are, then I think we'll be in really good shape for, for tonight's game. So, you know, obviously they've had some th- issues with their coach. Coach Stith stepping into a role, uh, you know, Coach Jones being out and some of those things. But hopefully the Pirates' defense can keep those numbers right where they are, and we should be in good shape if we do. Uh, we just wanted to get your take, uh, TJ, on uh, the play of the couple freshmen. And really, if it weren't for the freshmen the other day, ECU maybe doesn't meet Cop, uh, beat Coppin State. Yeah, I know uh, that uh, Newton you know, kind of closed out the possession, got the rebound, and then comes down and hits the shot the other day. Uh, but if not for 19 rebounds from Brandon Johnson, if not for the energy and 10 points and rebounding that was brought off of the uh, bench by uh, R.J. Felton, you know, Pirates probably don't win that game, to be quite honest with you, and, and Joe Dooley kind of said as much. So give me your thoughts on uh, this, uh, you know, these two young freshmen and what you like, what you've seen from them so far. Yeah, I really love the energy that they bring, and, you know, I've heard Coach Dooley talk about that before. It's, it's really odd sometimes the energy level. And sometimes you just don't play well, and that, that looks like a, a lack of energy. And then sometimes, for whatever reason, the energy's, the energy's just not there. And so these two freshmen have really been able to uh, bring it when they, when they play. I mean, nine rebounds a game for Brandon uh, Johnson, eight points a game uh, you know, for his scoring. Excuse me, nine rebounds a game and eight points for scoring. Those are great stats for a big man, and, and typically at ECU for six nine six ten guys, taking a while for us to get that from our from our center or our, our power forward. So real excited about him and what he's been able to do, really going after the ball hard, and and that that gives us a lot more opportunities. And you know, R.J. Felton was a highly thought of uh, coming out of high school, and I think he really does bring the energy. He's a really nice looking kid. I've got a chance to meet him and talk to him. And, um, you know, kind of fun to be around. And that's just his personality. And I think maybe that's even it. Sometimes their personality of, of a player, just the way they are, brings some energy and, and causes other people to react a little bit differently and, and maybe start playing better better together. But, yeah, those two have really done a lot. Really happy that they're in the, they're in the program. And as we've heard Coach Dooley 
say, you know, you got to, you got to recruit other, other kids and get them here. And then you got to make sure that, you know, you recruit the kids that you get because, you know, the portal with, with players leaving and all that kind of stuff. I, I feel like a solid foundation is really being, really being laid here. Uh, by the way, uh, RJ Felton sang in the youth choir as a kid. So there, well, there you go. go. Yeah. So we yeah. know, we know that he's a uh, straight up cat, man. Straight up cat. Yes. Uh, yeah. no. he sings, probably sings in the locker room and gets the guys going. So that's what you need. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, TJ, we'll see you out there tonight uh, for the big matchup. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. And uh, we'll see if ECU can – look, I think it's going to be a grinder. I think it could be kind of a low-possession, tough, hard-fought deal. So I uh, hope the Pirates are uh, ready to rock and can uh, do what they need to do to beat what I think is going to be a really good challenge from – from Old Dominion. Look, I, I think Old Dominion is going to be physical tonight. I think they're going to try to get up in the face of uh, the uh, the Pirates, kind of like they did down in Myrtle Beach, but the Pirates kind of played through that. So we'll see how that'll go tonight. Could get chippy tonight. Could be a little chippy. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, it could be a little chippy. I was I was thinking that they tried to um, they tried to do a little bit of that uh, last uh, last time they played down in Myrtle Beach, and you know the Pirates were able to, like you said, get through it and, and, and be tough, and that's what we're going to have to be tonight, certainly, but excited to be out there and watch them. All right, TJ, we'll see you out there. Thanks for the time. Yes, sir, buddy. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. Pirate basketball coming your way. It's a 90-minute edition of the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, we'll be taking you to coverage at the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. And at 6.30, we'll uh, be picking up ECU pregame coverage on radio. So we're uh, just looping you from uh, the 5 o'clock hour on into basketball coverage until the end of the game tonight. I've got to head over to the uh, stadium and the broadcast booth, uh, courtside locale for ESPN Plus tonight. Uh, If you can't make it out to the game, which I hope you can, or you're not going to listen here, certainly tune in on ESPN Plus at 7 o'clock, Cy Seymour and myself. Uh, on the call. We'll break, and when we come back, more from the ref, Philip Pilkington, as uh, he will have our pirate report for you. Some interesting comments. We uh, already played you one, but some interesting comments from Coach Houston from his radio show, uh, plus a little bit from uh, the uh, media day for the AAC championship game, if time allows. Uh, So uh, Philip will be guiding you the rest of the way. And uh, he'll also run through all of the college basketball uh, games that are on the slate tonight in the American around North Carolina, the ACC, and beyond. All right, uh, look forward to seeing you on the tube later. Patrick Johnson's show uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock and uh, tomorrow morning on uh, WTIB on Talk of the Town at 7 in the morning. So uh, all PJ all the time, it seems, does it not? All right, uh, we'll be back and uh, have more. Philip will wrap up the show, carry you to... Pirate basketball coverage, stick and stay on the PJ Show. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3 thegamecom
My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144-800-280-2144-800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. Sweet strawberry icing. You were strolling along in goodwill when just past that mid-century side table and denim jacket you spotted them, nestled in their display case. Miniature donut earrings. Oh, yes. Yes. Your favorite half-breakfast pastry, half-all-day dessert food made into your favorite form of ear candy. Oh, my. Those bejeweled sprinkles have satisfied some unknown hunger within you. Shh, do you smell that? That's the sugary scent of shopping success. For this is Goodwill. And with every item you buy, you fund local job training and more. So go forth. Bring home those donut earrings. And bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental disorder that requires a comprehensive approach to treatment. Learn more at moretoadhd.com. This message brought to you in partnership with Ada, ACO, and Chad. Right. Pirate Baseball lives right here. Go. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Philip Pilkington here taking you to network coverage of ECU basketball against Old Dominion. The Pirates are 5-2 on the season and 1-0 against the Monarchs they met just 10 days ago down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the Myrtle Beach Invitational, where ECU got their lone win of the weekend there. They were 1-2 that weekend. Uh, They won that game 73-60. They play the Monarchs again tonight right here in Greenville-Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. But before we get into too much basketball talk, we do have our pirate report that is definitely football-focused today. 
So Your Pirate Report is brought to you by Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Great food and specialty drinks and craft beers. Also by Pitt Greenville Airport. Convenient, comfortable to Charlotte and then anywhere on the globe. Don't know how true that is. I mean, last time I tried to take an international flight out of Charlotte, I had like 14 layovers. Just, just saying. But anyways, we do have the Pirate Report here today. And if you missed it earlier in the show, Patrick has already played this, but... Coach Houston talked last night on his radio show about a possible contract extension. The one thing that uh, I've stressed to John Gilbert, and you know, he and I talk daily, uh, is just that you know I'm very happy here, and you know Amanda's very happy here. Our kids are very happy here, and you know I'm honored to be the football coach here. And so uh, you know we've been working for about. Uh, you know, three weeks or so on a contract extension, and uh, you know, I think those things are going going along pretty positively, and you know, just trying to make it uh, put it, put all that to bed this week. So, uh, you know, that's 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 our goals. Well, there you have it. Sounds like Coach Houston will be hanging around for a little bit, as there has been some rumors that he would leave. A couple of the names thrown out there: Virginia Tech. Obviously, that is not happening. They did hire. Brent Pry, he was the defensive coordinator at Penn State. He will be the new head coach in Blacksburg. Another name that got thrown up there was Duke. I would call that a downgrade when it comes to football. Duke does just not put money into their football program. I mean, heck, if Coach Dooley left to go coach Duke basketball, that'd be a different story. But with the exception of lacrosse, soccer, and basketball, I would say East Carolina is way more of a beautiful job than Duke. Now, Coach Houston could go other places, but it sounds like he's staying. However, will he be around forever? Probably not. Here's his head coaching tenure, three years at Lenore Ryan, two at the Citadel, three at James Madison, three years here in Greenville at East Carolina. Not saying he's going to pack up and leave tomorrow, but, you know, it's clear that he wants to go to the top, and you can't blame him. There are more sexy jobs out there than East Carolina, as much as I love the Pirates. We see how the group of five is being treated. It's not the same as the Power Five, and then obviously the Power Five still not being as same as the NFL as guys leave every year from big-time Power Five schools to go to the NFL. So clearly Coach Houston is not at the top. He has proved he can turn programs around. Can he sustain winning? Well, he hasn't stuck around long enough to show that. And I think big-time Power 5 programs want to see that before giving a guy a shot. And I think that's the biggest reason he's going to stay here at ECU for another couple of years to show, hey, I've turned around the Pirate program, and now I continued to win. Now somebody big take a a shot on me, or a shot at me, I should say. But he did get the Pirates to their first bowl game since the 2014 season. They played in the Birmingham Bowl. That was on New Year's Day 2015. And uh, on Saturday morning, he and ECU AD John Gilbert told the team. And here's what happened. Uh, Just, you know, a lot of excitement. Uh, You know, I've I've said it many times. That was, um, you know, one of our biggest goals for this year and and, and probably the focal point goal uh, just because all of them came here and that's kind of been, you know, what they wanted to achieve uh, ever since they got here. And uh, so, you know, it's kind of that moment where it's it becomes real because you actually have a venue, you have a location, you have a date, you have a time. 
now we got to figure out who our opponent is. We'll find that out this uh, this Sunday evening, uh, and then you start you start getting ready for them. So uh, you know, a lot of exciting a lot of exciting things going on. Obviously, we don't know that opponent yet, but it will be an ACC opponent. And uh, we're happy for the boys, really happy for the guys who stuck around. He did talk earlier when the team became bowl eligible about some guys who have been around for five or six years and how when they get out here, the program was not what it is today and the fact that they stuck through it all through their four years of eligibility. The COVID year, a lot of those guys are doing grad school or getting a second you know, undergrad degree just so that they can continue to play football. And uh, if you're not going to the league, that's that's a lot of work because you could be out there making money, you know, working a normal job. But they decided to stay. And uh, big thanks to those guys. So, however, with more games means more practice. And even though it's fun for the older guys to get more practice, you always want more days with your brothers before you have to call it quits for good. But the big guys that it's going to help is these young guys. I believe, and do not quote me on this, that you can have 21 extra practices if you go to a bowl game. And uh, Coach Houston talked about the importance of those extra practices for the young guys. We'll practice Thursday, Friday, and Saturday um, uh, this coming this coming weekend, and then we'll take a couple of days off. We'll practice for about four more days. Uh, we got final exams, uh, so you know navigate some stuff around that. Uh, when exams are done, I'm going to give them about uh, four days to go home uh, to see their families because we will be at the bowl site uh, on Christmas Day, and so I wanted to see their families before Christmas. Um, and then when we come back from that four day off, uh, you know we'll have about a week and a half just solid uh, to get ready for the bowl game before we fly up to uh, to Washington. I apologize for that. That wasn't the importance. That was the bowl schedule or the practice schedule. And uh, like I said, there is only an X amount of practices they're allowed to have, but it's great that he's giving his guys off some time to rest as well as some time to maybe go home and spend some time with their families because, like he said, Christmas Day, they will not get to do that. They will be in a hotel room on Christmas Day. I've heard rumors of the team leaving on the 22nd. Coach Houston threw out the 23rd. None of that's confirmed yet. But uh, either way, these guys will not be with their families on Christmas. They'll probably have to practice on Christmas Day. And uh, I was fortunate enough in my career to practice on Thanksgiving one time. That was always fun. Of course, in high school football, it means you're in the third round, or in this year's case, the fourth round of the state playoffs. Um, but uh, a college team practicing on Christmas Day, that means you haven't just made a bowl game, but you've made a post-Christmas bowl, and that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So that'll do it for today's Pirate Report. We will stick with college football, though. The American Athletic Conference Championship game will be played this Saturday. Cincinnati will host Houston. And uh, Cincinnati, number four in the college football playoff rankings as we sit currently. However, more rankings will come out tonight. And win or lose, or well, lose, I would say it definitely kicks them out. Win, does it guarantee them to be in? Who knows? We can talk about that in a minute. But there was a press conference earlier this week with both head coaches as well as AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco. And uh, the commissioner talked about what he thinks would happen if Cincinnati would win as to whether or not they would get in or not. I would hope so. You know, you never know. Uh, and Dana Dana, and uh, Houston will have a lot to say about that, obviously. Uh, but if they do win, uh, I, I would hope that they, you know, stay. I, they, they would have earned it, you know, undefeated. 
when you look at their overall resume and, and boy, that win at Notre Dame just looks more and more impressive uh, as well as some of the other things they've done. You know, I knew they would have a tough game with, with East Carolina on, uh, you know, on Friday, at, at the adrenaline rush enormous, enormous at the beginning. They withstood that uh, and they, they dominated that game and they showed why they're so good. And the great thing about Cincinnati is they play it elite defense and they have elite secondary, you know, and not, not that many teams have that. They, they'll be a great, uh, you know, representative if they get there. But again, Houston will have a lot to say about that. That's going to be a great game. He's right. Houston will have something to say about that. Dana Holgerson's group 11-1 and on the season, 8-0 in league play. Only loss coming week one against Texas Tech. That wasn't home. Wasn't a travel day to Lubbock. But still, you know, lost to a Power 5 team. Um, in-state rival. Both teams, former members of the Southwest Conference back in the olden days. But Luke Fickle, the coach of Cincinnati, said at the beginning of the season their goal was to play for a championship. We've had a goal and an objective is to play for a championship. And, you know, I don't care where you are. I think, you know, you're crazy if you don't, you know, try to focus yourself on playing for championships. And then the other things that come along with it, you know, I'm not saying we don't all want it, but it's it's for the outside people to really kind of stir up and, and be excited about and, you know, but from within, for me, I, I have not answered any of those questions. Um, don't know that I would, regardless of how things went. I mean, they wanted to ask you about that last year um, and continue to avoid it because we all have our, our opinions. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, for your program, for your kids, for everybody involved that are within this program, you know, playing for a championship is, is what is first and foremost. And unfortunately, there's no guarantee they will play for a championship, even if they are 13-0, and and that's kind of the uh, crazy thing about all this. And we'll get into that in a second. But they do play for a conference championship, and they play at home. Not many other conferences play at home or have a home team in a championship game. A lot of them are neutral site games. And Houston coach Dana Holgerson talked about that this week, what it means that they have to go to Cincinnati as opposed to a neutral site. Oh, it's no different than any other game uh, that you got to play on the road. We've, we've been pretty good on the road, uh, you know, this year. Uh, you know, we got an older team, veteran team that knows how to travel. Uh, we got to do things a little bit different uh, with how we travel based on this being postseason, but it's it's a it's a great opportunity. It's it's we're really looking forward to the being able to compete with such a great team at their place. Uh, you know, the other five leagues they all have neutral sites. I mean, I, I wished it was a neutral site. I, if that game was played here in Houston, I think they would say the same thing. Uh, you'd rather a neutral site as opposed to going and being the the visiting team, uh, especially when both teams are eight. No, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, that that's the cards that were dealt. We're good with that. Uh, we have our plan with what the schedule is this week. Uh, our players are familiar with Cincinnati. They know, uh, they know how challenging it is there. They know how good they are there, but guess what? They're pretty good on the road too. Right. So by the time you line up and you, and you play, I don't know, uh, just, we can embrace that. We can go. I think our older team will be able to handle that just fine. You know, I can't blame him for his frustration. So there are 10 FBS conferences, six of which have neutral site locations. The only th- other three other than the American is that do not are CUSA, the Sun Belt, and the Mountain West. So all those, you have host teams. 
Now, the one problem is with finding a neutral site is a lot of these times they're NFL stadiums. So you have to get the contract with the NFL stadium. It makes the NFL scheduling a little tougher. These teams either have to hit the road that week or the um, the game has to be played early enough in the day so that they can get everything changed over. Of course, with most teams having turf now, that does make it a little easier. So the MAC is the only other group of five team that plays a neutral site game. But if you think the MAC can play and afford a neutral site. I mean, you know that's not as big of a conference as the AAC. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure the TV deal and what teams get for the AAC is way bigger than the MAC. And then obviously all Power 5 teams have neutral site games. But those neutral site cities, Dallas, Detroit, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Charlotte, and Vegas. So all those NFL stadiums host conference championship games the same weekend every year. And uh, Dallas on the road this week, Indy on the road this week, the Panthers have a bye. But Detroit, Atlanta, Vegas, all at home. So those grounds crew people, like I said, they're changing out turf, not grass, still a little tough. The great thing for Las Vegas is the Pac-12 game is on Friday night. The NFL game is until Sunday. Uh, as far as the MAC and the SEC championship games being played in Detroit and Atlanta, those are noon in the MAC kickoff, I believe, and 4 o'clock for the uh, – the SEC game in Atlanta, but that's still a lot of work. And like I said, you got to pay for this stuff, so I understand it. Now, what they could do is use a college stadium, and they could it could be a team in this conference, and they still call it a neutral site game, whereas even if, I guess, one team is in it, that one of the two teams in it is from that stadium, you know, you still give half the ticket sales to the other team and all that stuff, which they may do some of that anyways, but also teams, when they realize that there's a chance they can go to the conference championship game, they know where it's at. I mean, last week, had Cincy lost to ECU, the game would have been in Houston. And that makes it harder to find flights because people don't know till seven days out or six days out in some um circumstances because there are some games being played on Friday. So I think that's tougher on the fans. It's tougher to find hotels. I mean, I think like the AAC, they could choose, say, Memphis. It's fairly, you know, in the middle of the conference. It's got a big international airport. It's easy to get to, a lot of hotel space. You know, it wouldn't be like trying to plan a trip here to Greenville last minute where you've got to you know, fly into Raleigh and rent a car and drive or fly from Charlotte, you know, fly into Charlotte and then to Pitt. And our hotel space isn't as great here. So you would think, though, they would try and find a way to do this because Houston's 11-1, and man. They're 8-0 in conference as well. They have the same record as Cincinnati in league play, and they have to go on the road because they lost an out-of-conference game week one to a Power 5 opponent. Not fair. And even had they won that game, somebody at 12-0 and would have been hitting the road. So, I don't get it. I would really like to see the American, if they're going to call themselves a Power 6, get yourself a neutral site for that championship game. But anyways, enough on the championship game. As stated earlier, Cincinnati, number four in the college football playoff rankings. Does that guarantee them to be in if they win? I say no. And, and here's why. So I believe tonight, when we find the new rankings, Georgia will still be one. I think we can all agree Georgia is the most deserving team, probably the best team in the country. 
Bama will still probably be ahead of Cincinnati, even though they, they struggled with Brian Harson's Auburn team. But, hey, it's the Iron Bowl. You know, throw the records out the window on that one. I think Michigan will probably jump them, but they will pass Ohio State, probably keeping them at four. But another team that could pass them is Oklahoma State. And they can not only pass them tonight, but considering this coming up week, Oklahoma State has Baylor, who is better than Houston, at least in the eyes of the college football playoff committee, because they have Baylor ranked higher than Houston. Oklahoma State could still jump Cincinnati, and despite being 13-0, could get left out of this thing. And here's part of the reason why Oklahoma State could jump them. Here are some of their wins at Boise State versus Kansas State, who at the time was number 25 in the country, versus Baylor, who at the time was number 21 in the country, at Texas, who at the time was 25. Also, I know Texas has fallen off a cliff. I mean, heck, they lost to Kansas. Texas is awful. But, hey, it still counts as a ranked win at the time. Okay, they did go to Texas Tech and win. Texas Tech had a great year, but still, they beat them 23 to nothing. They beat Oklahoma last week, and then they would play Baylor and beat them again, who currently is number eight. Obviously, that will fluctuate maybe one or two spots coming in tonight, but either way, it's a top 10 opponent. So could Oklahoma State jump them, even though they do have the one loss at Iowa State, potentially? And this is the problem with four teams getting in. You know, there's a lot of talk. Do you do eight? What about 12? I've even heard 16. And the problem is, is no matter what, somebody's going to be ticked off, right? There are 68 teams that get in in basketball, and four or five teams leave every year thinking we should be in this thing. So people crying out, politics have you know, a say in who gets in. It's still going to happen. But the one thing that should not happen is an undefeated team being left out. And if you go undefeated in college basketball or college baseball, that means you won your conference tournament, you're in. It doesn't matter what conference you're in, you get in. And the only way, I guess, foolproof system is to go 16-plus because technically you could have 15 undefeated college football teams, one from each of the 10 conferences, and then Liberty, Army, BYU, Notre Dame, and UMass are all independent. They could all theoretically go undefeated as well. Do I see 15 teams ever going undefeated? No. But if you extend it to eight, that will most likely not happen. Now, the question is not only the number, but how do they do it? Because I've heard some weird things. I heard one time where somebody said eight, but all Power Five conference champions have to get in. And not only they have to get in, but are seated one through five automatically. So that'd mean Notre Dame, no matter how good they are, cannot be seated higher than six. What if they're the only undefeated team? I mean, they play a Power Five schedule. Yeah, they probably play one FCS opponent a year. Obviously, they play Navy every year. But other than that, you know, playing five ACC schools, usually they play USC, Stanford, you know, list goes on. They'll probably play a couple uh, Big Ten opponents. And here's my other problem with that. In the seven years of the college football playoff, the Pac-12 has gotten teams in twice. That is less than any other Power Five conference. In the years they have not gotten in, um, twice they have not had a team even ranked in the top eight. Last year their highest-ranked team was 17, and the conference champion was not even that team. It was Oregon who was ranked 25. So you're telling me Oregon's going to be number five based off that method? Don't agree with that. The other year they did not have a team in the top eight was – or no, they have had a team in the top eight every year. I apologize. So they have had a team in the top eight, but like I said, only twice has only had teams in the top four. But in that top five 
um, dilemma. One year they had a six, another year they had an eight, and then a nine. So the team would automatically get promoted promoted to five. I don't agree with that. But, you know, like I said, somebody's going to be ticked off, but I do firmly believe if you go undefeated, there's nothing you have done wrong to say we don't deserve a bid. Now, the only junky thing is also it's not fair in a way for teams who have played really, really tough schedules who have one or two losses to get hosed just because, say, UTSA goes undefeated. UTSA obviously is not going undefeated. They lost to North Texas this week, but they, they would have been undefeated. And that's why I used to think eight, but I wouldn't have a problem with them going to the 12 or 16 number just because solely the fact that I think any undefeated team should, should automatically get in. And that should just be a written rule. If you've done nothing wrong, you're in. And then let's see how you do from there. Who knows? But anyways, enough of college football. We do have to get a break because it is a college basketball Tuesday here in Greenville, North Carolina. This is an extended Patrick Johnson show, but it kind of makes it a pregame basketball show as well. We're leading you right at the network coverage of ECU and Old Dominion at 630. So we're going to grab a quick break and we will come back with a little college basketball talk, talk about the Pirates and the Monarchs, as well as everything else going around in the NCAA. Dan Patrick mornings, Adam Gold middays, Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. All right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Christmas news. Inner Banks Media is teaming up with Greenville Fire and Rescue and the Salvation Army once again for Christmas with the Embers. It's back December 21st at Reimage Church in Winterville. I love Christmas music, man, I'm just Tickets can be purchased at ibxmedia.com and at Steinbeck's Men's Shop. Tickets are $20. Kids 10 and under are free. Experience Christmas with the Embers, a concert from Pitt County Operation Santa Claus, Tuesday, December 21st. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas with the Embers, brought to you by Speedy Oil Change and Auto Service, Specialty FDR, Greenville Toyota, SCA Collections, Steinbeck's Men's Shop, Greenville Utilities, Fantastic Sam's, Comfort Master, Wilkerson Funeral Home and Crematory, Telco Credit Union, and Interbanks Media. WRHD HD1, Farmville, Washington, Greenville. Greenville's home for sports 24-7. 24 7. 943 The Game and 943TheGame.com. <laughs> Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. Well, the drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Welcome back here to the Patrick Johnson Show special 90-minute edition ahead of East Carolina and Old Dominion basketball tonight. As stated earlier, second time these two teams have seen each other in 10 days' time, so they are very familiar with one another. We will see how it goes tonight. It's tough to beat a team twice in one year. It really is. And you expect to see that in league play, but you don't expect to do it 
against an out-of-conference team, but that's what the Pirates are going to have to try and do tonight. They were victorious last time out against the Monarchs. They won that game 73-60. to It was a game in which Tristan Newton led all scores with 18 in that one. There were only two Pirates in double figures that night. It was Tristan and Brandon Suggs. Suggs had a career-high 25 last time out against Coppin State on Sunday. And Tristan Newton on Sunday hit the buzzer-beater game winner against the Eagles. So big things going on tonight. Um a big contributor in that game as well with nine points. He logged 32 minutes was J.J. Miles. He sustained an injury last week at practice. He was a game-time decision for Sunday. He played only four minutes, did not go at all in the second half. So not sure what his condition is tonight has not been announced. My guess is if he goes, it would be a game-time decision, yes, as it was on Sunday. And it uh, could already be a no for all we know, obviously. But uh, Sunday, it was weird, Cop- against Coppin State, uh, Joe Dooley did not go deep at all in that second half. He played nine guys in the first half, including J.J. Miles, who was unavailable for the second half. But he didn't trim it to just eight. There were only six guys that touched the floor in the second half. R.J. Felton was one of them. He only logged eight minutes in the first half, 14 minutes in the second half. He uh, had his first collegiate career um, double-figure game as a freshman. So it's a young career, but, hey, it was good to see him log uh, 22 minutes and score 10 points in the uh, win against Coppin State. So um, in that game also, three players played over 35 minutes. That was Brandon Johnson, Brandon Suggs, and Tristan Newton. Newton played 39 of the 40. So, however, they were – on six days rest. Now they're on two days rest. My guess is Coach Dooley will go a little deeper, but you never know. you got to stay with the hot hands, and if he's only got five or six guys that show they're ready to go tonight in the first half, maybe he'll go with a narrow bench in the second half as well. they got a few days off. They don't play again until Saturday. So that'll be interesting to see. Speaking of Pirate players, though, we'll talk about former Pirate player Jaden Gardner last night, 18 points. For the Virginia Cavaliers, he's averaging a team-high 14 points on the season and 8.2 rebounds, also a team-high. They did fall last night in the Big Ten ACC Challenge to Iowa by a score of 75-74. And look, Jaden's been playing well. He has. And 14 points is a team-high, and you know Virginia does not score a lot. If you ever watched uh, Virginia basketball, you've seen paint dry, grass grow, all that fun stuff because of how slow it is. I can tell you the most entertaining Virginia basketball game ever was probably the loss to UMBC just solely because it was what it was. But what worries me about Jaden is, yeah, he's playing well, but I don't know if you guys stayed up for it the other night. That Duke and Zag game was such a late game. We'd had a long day here in Pirate Country on Friday. Obviously, everybody was still a little stuffed from Thursday, but he's going to be having to guard and be guarded by Paulo Banchero of Duke, the freshman out of Seattle. Let me tell you, that kid might be 18 years old, but that's a grown man. And look, I'm not saying Jane Gardner won't hold his own, but he is not going to be putting up the numbers at Virginia that he was here at East Carolina last year. And I wish him the best. I really do. I'm not trying to say that I hope he stinks, that I hope he you know gets bullied come conference play. But you never know. 
It's, it is a different animal over there in the ACC. ACC is having a little bit of a down year, though. I don't think they're going to be as dominant as maybe the past. I believe Joey Brackett's only has them getting four teams in right now. That's Florida State, Vautech, Carolina, and Duke. Um, so we'll see. He's got Virginia on the bubble, I believe, as a first team, one of the first four out. So we'll see how those Cavs do. I tell you, that lost to Navy earlier in the year hurts. You know Navy cannot have very many big guys, considering you know if you're over a certain height, you can't fit in a submarine. Or maybe you go there and you uh, pull a David Robinson and you can uh, get out of it because he was too tall to fit in a submarine. They didn't make him uh, do a service. He got to go right to the NBA. So good job there by the Admiral. But speaking of that Big Ten ACC challenge, more games going on tonight, including two from teams right here in the state of North Carolina, one of which is going to be played here in the state of North Carolina as Wake Forest hosts Northwestern. Also, Clemson will go to Rutgers, Florida State to number 2 Purdue, Minnesota to Pittsburgh, Indiana goes to Cuse, and the number one Duke Blue Devils go to Ohio State. Close spread in that one. Devils only favored by three against the Buckeyes. Obviously, uh, Duke trying to make Ohio State's horrible week continue as those fans have got to be uh, not pleased with the way Saturday's game turned out against Michigan in football. Speaking of which, Michigan hoping to keep their good week going tomorrow night. They play Carolina, who's had a rough week losing to State. That was wonderful to see. That game is in the Dean Dome. Uh, also, Miami goes to Penn State tomorrow. Wisconsin at Georgia Tech. Vautech at Maryland. Nebraska at NC State. That game's played in Raleigh. Louisville to number 22, Sparty. So, I believe this is the first time Sparty's been ranked this year. They did start ranked outside the top 25. Now, they lost to Kansas on opening night in the uh, Champions Classic, so we will see. But there are also some games tonight. We are not the only game going on in the American Athletic Conference. As Tulane goes to Charleston, and Houston, who is number 15, currently a three-seed by Joey Brackets, they host Northwestern State. Speaking of that, the uh, AAC right now does only have two teams in via Joey Brackets. Don't know how much stock you guys put into him. Uh, Memphis is a two, Houston a three. In his next four out, he has both Wichita State and, man, I cannot remember the other one. It was not SMU, surprisingly. It was, oh, it was Cincinnati. That's who it was. It just came to me. Maybe the Pirates can climb their way in there. We will see if they can. But um, Pirates once again tonight playing a host the Monarchs of Old Dominion. Hopefully a, another win for the Pirates in that one. We will see. Um, tell you, the one thing that you want to do is have these Monarchs, if you can, shoot the ball from outside because, well, they're just not very good at it. In fact, out of the, I believe there are 351 Division I basket, men's basketball programs, they're 329th shooting under 28% from beyond the arc. Now, the problem is, I guess, if you make them shoot it out there and they have a hot night, then they're already used to scoring inside. Speaking of scoring inside, last time they played against the Pirates, they scored 60 points, and uh, points in the paint for them in that game was 28, so a little under half, but they did have 17 points in the charity stripe. That means 45 of the 60, that is uh, three-fourths of their points coming from either the paint or the charity stripe, they scored nine of the remaining 15 from beyond the arc as they shot 
three of 15 from downtown in that game. So I guess that by default means six points from medium range jumpers. Um, also, not that you want to get in foul trouble, but the Monarchs free throw percentage, 63%. That is 328th in the country. So if you do foul, you can't get the foul back. But hey, they might not make it. Team rebounds, they're about the same as the Pirates. Pirates averaging 36.4, Monarchs 34.7 on team rebounds. Both teams averaging 11.9 turnovers. So we will see how all that goes down tonight. Um, that was a game there were no lead changes. Pirates jumped out early and uh, held on to it. Pirates did a lot better than the Monarchs, especially in the first half, shooting free throws in that game. They were 9 of 10 in the first half. End up being uh, 15 of 19 in the entire game. So, Pirates free throw shooting's been a little shaky this year. The first game was uh, well abysmal. It got a little better. Last week it started out bad. Or no, last week it was Sunday or Saturday. Sorry, it started out bad. Got better as the as the game went on. The other thing that kind of stunk for the Pirates, they started out 0 of one or sorry 0 for four from the. Uh, from the uh, field in the first half and 0 for 5 in the second half. I did just get a text. This is not someone in the organization. This is a fan who is already at the game. Sounds like Alonzo Frank is not dressed out. So thank you to the text line. I appreciate that. Um, so it sounds like Alonzo Frank will not play. Obviously, we don't know about J.J. Miles as he's been a little banged up. So a lot of questions surrounding the Pirates. Well, that'll about wrap it up here. A few things coming up. We do have Pirate coverage starting right here at 6.30 on 94.3 The Game. Also a Pirate basketball game on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Network coverage will start at 2.30. Friday night, 7.30 will be this kickoff time. 7.20 will be the coverage start time with Croft Massey and the Hall of Famer. Coach R.V. Ronald Vincent will be on the call for Rose in Jacksonville. These two conference foes did meet. Earlier in the season, Rose beat Jacksonville. It was a little bit of a weird game, though. It was a Tuesday night. The game had been postponed earlier due to COVID. And uh, so both teams had played Friday night, not trying to take anything away from the Rampants, but uh, they had just beaten South Central 42 to nothing, whereas Jacksonville had just beaten Newburn 29-28. They had had a dogfight down to the end. They went for two inside a minute to go to win the game. So not saying if it was played on a Friday – the Rampants wouldn't have won. By no means am I saying that. But you never know. Especially, like I said, when they beat South Central 42 to nothing. I'm sure their JV team played most of the second half. So all my point is in that Rampant fans do not think just because your team beat Jacksonville that they are going to beat them again. It's tough to beat a team twice in one year. I definitely think they can do it. They had a slow start to the year, but boy, have the Rampants come on strong. They have had a couple quality wins of late and uh, they're playing for a chance to go to the state championship and trust me I know how that feels and it is quite an amazing thing to be one win away from the state championship I was fortunate enough to be able to experience that in my senior year as well unfortunately did not get there a couple other big games going on tonight I forgot to mention I wouldn't say big games but uh, local games Furman at High Point Elon at UNCG and the Battle for the Hornet's Nest, that is a big rivalry game for those of us Charlotteans. Davidson at UNC Charlotte, so that'll be a big one. Um, it's always fun. They usually play it around this time of year. A few years ago, Steph actually happened to be in town because of uh, the 
Warriors playing Charlotte the next night, but uh, he won't be there tonight. Anyways, that'll do it for Patrick Johnson and myself. We will send it over to network coverage after this quick timeout. Thank you for tuning in to the Patrick Johnson Show, everybody, and enjoy the game. the best steak in eastern north carolina then remember this name the seahorse